You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. Hey! How are you guys doing? All right! I, I am just very excited because they broke out the fun size podium for me. I like that. I was kind of concerned about that because the other one comes up to about here on me. So I'd be like, hey! Uh, I could do a puppet show or something. That would be kind of fun. I thought it would be kind of cool if we start out with a sing-along. All right, does that sound kind of fun? Yeah, you want to? All right, and and this is a song that that I'm sure you guys all know. You might not have sung it for for a while, but you're going to recognize it. So as soon as you do, I want you to just just jump right in, and you might want to limber up a little bit. You might want to get some space because there are hand motions. All right, so get ready. He goes a little bit something like this. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Guys, did good. That was beautiful. That was awesome. Now, you probably know the second verse, right? So you want to get some space, okay? Because it's, it's, you don't want to stomp on your neighbor's feet because that's not happy, all right? If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. All right, that was awesome. Very cool. Now, I don't know if you know it, but there's there's another verse. There is. And, And for some reason, it never really caught on. And you probably don't even know this verse because, you know, just, I don't know why. But it goes like this. If you're happy and you know it, write your friends a letter from jail. <laughs> if you're happy and you know it, write your letters a friend, a, a, a friend from a jail. If you're happy and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, write your friends a letter from jail. I don't know why that never caught on. I've I've got a suspicion that maybe it's because happy, you know, we we all have some happy words, and jail's probably not one of them. Right? Jail might not be one of your happy words. We have happy words. I have my happy words, all right? One of my happy words is Diana. That's my wife. Okay, that's a happy word. Okay, another happy word for me is cargo shorts. I like that. It is. <laughs> Another happy word is beard. Okay. Another happy word is grandchild because I'm going to have one next month. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of my happy words, I don't know why, but a lot of my happy words are food related. <laughs> like bacon. Bacon is a happy word. Yeah. Taco. Taco is a happy word. Gravy. Gravy is a happy word. Churro, okay? Not only is it a happy word, you just can't smile when you're going to help but smile when you say it. Everybody say, churro, churro, churro. It's a happy word. But, okay, we all have happy words. The jail probably isn't one of those happy words. That's probably why that, that line never caught on. But here's the crazy thing. We're going to talk about a book in the Bible that was written in jail. And it's all about being happy and how to get happy. And, and it was written by a guy named Paul. And 
He's, he's one of my heroes. This man named Paul wrote this, this book of the Bible called Philippians. And it's all about being happy. And he wrote it from a tough place. He wrote it from prison. And, and we're going to look at that. He, he basically wrote, if you're happy and you know it. But here's the problem. Sometimes it's real hard to get happy, right? Sometimes it's hard to find you're happy. Because sometimes life gets real ugly. And sometimes life throws a whole lot of reasons at you to be unhappy. Sometimes life just throws a lot of unhappy in your lap. And you're like, where do I find my happy in this? I am in a tough place. I'm going through some tough times. I'm going through some really hard times. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I, I am in a real hard place. I don't know how I can escape from this. And so that's what Philippians is all about. Life is full of obstacles. Life is full of adversaries and challenges. But in every season, happiness is possible. And that's what we learn from this man named Paul. He's one of my heroes. He's one of my heroes in in the happy. And he wrote this letter to his friends. And he wrote it from jail. And he told them, hey, don't worry, be happy. He's in prison and he's writing this letter to them. And here's the crazy thing. Nothing about the space that Paul was in contributed to the mood that Paul was in. Nothing about the time that Paul was going through contributed to the mood that he was in. Nothing about where Paul was at contributed to where Paul was at. (laughs) That's crazy. Nothing about where Paul was at contributed to where Paul was at. Because he chose to get happy. He wasn't in a happy place. It wasn't Disneyland. It was prison. And it wasn't any country club prison. It was probably a pretty tough prison. And he probably was chained to an a- just, just angry Roman soldier with an attitude. This guy that didn't want to be there. Big, burly, hairy guy. Probably smelled like dead fish. Okay, he was just just nasty dude with a nasty attitude. And here's who Paul is chained to. It's an ugly, dark, smelly place. And there's a stench of hopelessness in the air. But in the midst of that ugly, hard place, God allows somehow happy to seep through the prison wall. And Paul recognized it. And Paul got happy. It wasn't a happy time. Wasn't a happy place. Wasn't a happy time. According to tradition, Paul wrote this at a time when, when the Roman emperor Nero, he would take Christians and he would, would tar them and he would set them on fire just for the entertainment of his friends. Like a real ugly reality show. And he, he, it wasn't a happy time at all. And in the midst of this ugly place and ugly time, Paul is telling the believers, don't worry, be happy. Find your happy. Paul has every reason in the world to be a cranky Christian, right? You guys know cranky Christians? Do you? Kind of look like they've been baptized in lemon juice, okay? Yeah. And they just kind of go through life, and to them, life is just an opportunity to correct everyone else and just... You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to, to act this way and this way. And God bless you. If you just get serve Jesus, you can be just like me. <laughs> and it's like, no, I, I don't think so. Um, God, Paul has this opportunity to be a cranky Christian, and he refuses. Instead, he writes the happiest book in the Bible. Okay, he, He's in the hardest place, 
during one of the hardest times, and he writes the happiest book. I love it. And I love Philippians. Philippians is one of my favorite books in the Bible because it's all about joy. And Paul writes to friends in a city called Philippi. And he founded the church about 10 years before he wrote this letter. He hasn't seen them in about four years. And he wants to visit with them, wants to hang out with them, wants to just, just get happy with them. But he can't because he's in chains. So he writes this letter to them. And he tells them, here's how you can get happy. Here's how you can find your happy. Um, He's writing it from a hard place. He's writing it at a hard time. But that's the crazy thing about true happiness. It transcends place. It transcends time. It's bigger than that. It's not about the place that you find yourself in. It's not about the time that you find yourself in. It's all about some other things that we're going to look at. Uh, And here's Paul. Here's a man named Paul, and he finds himself in the middle of a hopeless place, in the midst of a hard time, and he starts clanking his chains together. And he sings, if you're happy and you know it, then your life will surely show it. And it's not about this, and it's not about this, it's about this. And so that's what we're going to look at, and we're going to dig into this incredible chunk of word uh, called Philippians. And we're looking at it the next few weeks, but we're in Philippians chapter 1, the last part of Philippians chapter 1. And we're going to find out that you can find happiness in the hard places. If you, number one, if you look at every problem from God's point of view, if you change your point of view, sometimes it's just a matter of changing where you're sitting. Okay, and changing your perspective. And if you change your point of view, if we stop looking for happiness in the same place that we lost it. Okay? it. We'll never find happiness in the same place that we lost it. We need to change our perspective. We need to change what we see. And Philippians 1.12, we're going to look at that. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Here's Paul. He's sitting in prison. And he's like, you know what? This is a good thing. Because I'm seeing it from God's point of view. Okay? I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus, and he's fixed my eyes. And so I can see what matters, and I can see what's really important. Uh, deep happiness doesn't happen through natural meaning. Okay? It doesn't happen naturally. It requires something supernatural. It requires seeing things from a supernatural point of view rather than a natural point of view. If you're always looking through, through the natural, it's going to be hard to get happy. Because life is always going to dump something on you, some more unhappy. But, but if you're looking at things through God's point of view, then, then you're going to find some happy. If you fix your eyes on Jesus, he can fix your eyes. And he can, can help you see what really matters. He can help you see things that he sees. And you can start seeing people differently. You'll start seeing places differently. You'll start seeing people differently. That's what happened to, to Paul. He's seeing people differently all of a sudden because Jesus has fixed his eyes. And then once we see people differently, people start to see us differently. It's a crazy thing. Okay? And all of a sudden, people see us differently too. And when that happens, any time that we face a problem in faith, it can be a witness to unbelievers. Philippians 1.13 it says this, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. So here's Paul. He is chained to the steady rotation of Roman soldiers. 
Okay, big burly dudes. Okay, bullies, mean guys. And here every day he's chained to them. And most of us, we, we would probably have a problem with that. It wouldn't be a fun thing. And Paul's looking at it and he's like, Aha! opportunity, baby. Because he's like, this is awesome. I literally have a captive audience. <laughs> so I'm going to tell him about Jesus. And that's what he's doing. And he, he, he is making it clear. These people are hearing about, about Jesus because they're within hearing distance of me. And, and so God has given me the opportunity. Here I find myself. And so here is, is where I proclaim my Lord. Okay, And that's what he's doing. And it can be a witness to unbelievers. And Paul is like, ah, this smells like, like horrible times to everybody else. It smells like opportunity to me. And he makes the most of it. Next thing it can do, it can be an encouragement to believers. Philippians 1.14. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Okay, When we encourage, we help others find their courage. And it creates a spirit of maybe. Okay, I see that you went through this. I see that, that your life hasn't been easy either. And I see that you've done this. Maybe I can get through it too. Okay, It, it creates this maybe that we can hang on to. And this maybe that, okay, you found your happy. Maybe I can find my happy too. Maybe this, this will turn around. So, encouragement. Next thing is this, never let others decide your attitude. Don't do it. Never let others determine your attitude. Philippians 1, 15 through 17. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. Okay, so you don't need other people's permission to be happy. There are a lot of things in life that you can control, there are, that you can't control, but you can control your attitude. There are, uh, the space that we find ourselves in, a lot of times we can't control that. The, the things that happen to us, we can't control that, but we get to control our attitude. We get to control our, our reaction. Don't put your happiness in other people's hands because they'll drop it every time. Don't put your happiness in anybody else's hands because they'll drop it. Decide, okay? They don't get to determine who I am. They don't get to define me. They don't get to tell me if I'm enough or I'm not. Okay? The only one that gets to make calls like that is the one that makes you. Okay? The, the only one that gets to define you is the one who made you. And, and that wasn't them. Okay, always trust God. To find our happy, we want to trust God. We want to, going to realize that, that he's up to something, and he's up to something good. Philippians 1.19, For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I find myself in this hard time. I find myself in this hard place. And it seems like there's no escape. It seems like, like there's no end. But I, I trust my God. And I believe that he's up to something. So I'm, I'm not going to make my hardship my habitation. Instead, I'm going to trust God. And I'm going to realize that he's up to something. He didn't, he didn't manufacture this mess 
but he's with me in the middle of the mess. Even when I don't see him, even when I don't feel him, I can believe that, that he's bringing good from it and he's going to make it make sense. Doesn't make any sense at all right now. When we, when we trust God, most of the time it makes no sense whatsoever. Okay? Most of the time it just, just defies reason. And, and we just, just trust in the fact that he's good and he's probably up to something. And he's up to something good. In the middle of our mess, in the middle of our hard time, in the middle of our hard place, God is, is bringing beauty from the ashes. And, and it's going to be okay. Romans 8, 26, 28 says this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Stay focused on that purpose. Here's Paul. Okay, God's using him because in working out good because Paul is staying focused on the purpose. Stay focused on your purpose, not on your problem. Don't let the problem become bigger than your purpose. Amen. Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. There's Paul's mission statement right there. That, that's what he's all about. That's his purpose. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I win either way. You can put me in a prison cell. It's not going to, to ruin my day. It, because it's not about any of those things. And here's Paul. He's happy in chains because his purpose is bigger than his prison. And so he's keeping the main thing the main thing. And purpose fuels passion. And, and so for Paul, joy becomes an act of rebellion. Okay, Joy becomes an act of rebellion, an open defiance against the situation that he finds himself in. He's in prison, but he's not going to let that steal his happy. Instead, he's going to live an act of joyful rebellion and he's going to defy the situation that he finds himself in. And he's like, even with chains on, I'm going to laugh and I'm going to, to sing and I'm going to get happy. And if your life is happy, then you surely will, will show it. And here he is. And he lives this life of joyful rebellion lives this, this life of defiance against the situation that he finds himself in. Hard times are going to come. I wish they didn't, but they do. We all find ourselves in, in tough places. We all find ourselves in situations that we, we don't see any way out of. And that's where Paul was. And Paul is, if your life is happy, people are going to know it. And it's going to be all right. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And here he is, and he's, he's living a life of, of joyful rebellion. Now, that's one Paul. I want to tell you a story about another man named Paul, who was another one of my heroes. And he, he, his name was Paul McKeatron. We called him Brother Mac. And uh, he was a pastor in El Paso, Texas. One of my heroes of the faith, one of my heroes of the happy. This man was incredible. I met him at summer camp. In Buffalo Gap, Texas, West Texas, I met him when I was 11 years old. Which, here's the crazy thing, same time, same place where I met Pastor Farrell, okay? We, we met each other when we were 11. He was very, even then, he was really serious and focused, and I was not. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm pretty sure, he was only 11, but I'm pretty sure he'd already bought his first house at that point. Yeah. I had bought a Spider-Man comic book. 
But, but so we both grew up knowing this man. And, and so Brother Mac was always at camp. But I remember when I met him. I'm 11 years old. I'm in the camp cafeteria. I'm enjoying a delicious, lukewarm, sloppy joe. Tasty camp food. Okay, And I look across the room, and there's an old man wearing crazy pants. I, I, even, I have a picture. Check this out. That's him. And those are the pants right there. He wore those pants to camp every year for like 47 years. Seriously. I don't know if he washed them or not, but, but those are the pants. That's, that's Brother Mac. And, and I look across the room, and he's over there, and I thought, that's interesting. It's an old dude in crazy pants. And, and he walked over to me, and, and I'm just sitting there just kind of looking. And the first thing I noticed was his face, because he had this super kind face, and he had this twinkle in his eye that, that told me that he had never really grown up and really didn't intend to. <laughs> I like that. Okay, And he had, had laugh lines, which I love, because I have a philosophy, and my philosophy is this. Whoever dies with the most laugh lines wins. Because, yeah, because it's proof that you lived and it's proof that you laughed a lot, okay, that you enjoyed life while you were here. And he had some serious laugh lines. And then he had a smile that just kind of said, hey, let's party. And I was like... All right. And then he reaches over. This is the first time I met this dude. Reaches over and pulls a quarter out of my ear. I didn't know it was there. <laughs> it was crazy. Okay. And he, every year he would come to camp. Every year he would wear the same pants. Every year he would do the same magic tricks. Would walk up to camp. And, and it never got old. It was always fresh because it was freshly carbonated joy. And it was a wonderful thing. And he was like this joy dispenser. And he would just, just go around dispensing joy. And go around just hurling happiness at everybody who was around him. And I went to camp with him. And then I ended up working at camps with him for about 20 years. And I, I never saw him when he wasn't dispensing joy. I never saw him when he didn't have time to stop and talk to, to anybody and just, just, just hurl a little happiness on them. It was a beautiful thing. And I got to know him and I realized that, that he had a share of hard times. He was a pastor in the South Texas border town, pastored the same little bitty four-square church for, for 46 years. And it was there that he loved people that nobody else really loved. It was there that he collected people that nobody else wanted. And it was there that they, he gave them hope. And it was there that he showed them happy. I, I remember he, one year he brought a bunch of, of young men to camp, a bunch of boys to camp. And I was talking to them. And they told me that they had just came out of, of gang. And they had come out of the biggest gang in El Paso. And it was called Las Fatherless. Okay, the fatherless. And they told me that they had found a father in funny pants. Okay, and that showed them joy and showed them happy and showed them a better way to live in a tough little border town where, where you know, he never made the newspaper. He never was written about, never wrote a book. Nobody ever, you know, made a big deal about him. He just did his job for 46 years, dispensing joy. And his wife, he was married to his wife for 61 years. How many of you know if you spend any, if you spend 61 years 
with anybody, you're going to have some hard times and you're going to have some good times, right? You're going to have times that you wish you could forget. You're going to have times that you're really proud of. Hey, Christine, she was an amazing lady. She, she's a super sweet lady. She was a concert pianist, incredibly gifted, incredibly creative, had perfect pitch. But she had some, some severe health problems over the years, physically and mentally. And it got to the place where she couldn't take care of herself. It got to the place where, where for years and years and years, he did everything for her. He, he would, would clean her. He would, would take care of her hair. He would fix her makeup. He would make sure she was dressed. He would make, make sure that she wasn't forgotten or left behind. He would honor his wife. And I never heard him gripe about that. I never heard him think about finding happiness somewhere else. I, I heard him choose happiness where he was at. He didn't allow his hardship to define his life. He didn't allow his hardship to become his habitation. He chose happy every day, even though he had some real bad days. He chose to keep dispensing joy. He didn't gripe. He didn't get stuck in the bad times. He didn't let hardship become who he was because he was leading a joyful rebellion. Okay? He lived a joyful rebellion, and he decided... These problems that I have, that's not me. This place that I find myself in, that's not me. Because I'm going to live a life that, that openly defies where I find my place. And, and here's what my challenge to you guys. Start, start a joyful rebellion. No matter where you find your place in right now, where, where you find yourself, no matter where you are, okay, start a joyful rebellion. Live your life in open defiance of, of the hardships that you find yourself in. Realize that, that you don't have to take it. Realize that you can stand up against that. Refuse to allow the darkness to overcome the light. Don't get angry at the way things are. Get happy at the way things can be. And, and no matter what the system or the situation tell you, choose happy. Don't allow anything that didn't give you your joy, take your joy. Okay? The situation that you find yourself in, it didn't make you happy. So don't let it take your happy. Okay? The, the, the place that you find yourself in, it didn't give you joy. So, so don't let it take your joy. The devil didn't give you your joy. Don't let him take your joy. Okay? Your joy comes from God. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's the only source. He, he's the only place we can find true happy. As we trust him, as we realize that he's up to something in our hardest times, in our hardest places, he is doing something. He is working on our behalf, and we can trust him. Even when we don't see him, even when we don't feel him, he's doing something, and we can trust him. And that should give us happy. Okay, live your life in open defiance of, of the hardship. And don't let... The enemy can take your stuff, he can take your health, but he can't take your joy. Don't let him do it. The places that you find yourself in, don't let them take your happy. They didn't give you your happy. It's not based on that. It's based on the fact that you have a God who really likes you. He's crazy about you. Okay? And, and he just wants to hang out with you. 
It's a, it's a pretty cool thing. And you can trust him. And he's going to bring good from that. And you start to see things from his perspective. And that changes everything. And I want to show you a picture. This is a fun picture. Look at that. Yeah. All right. It's a roller coaster. It's a ride. And here's what I want you to focus on. I want you to look at the front first row. And then I want you to look at the third row. What's the difference between the two? Okay. They're on the same ride. They're on the same roller coaster. But, but one row is clearly enjoying it more than the other. I'm just saying. Now, here's the crazy thing. We're all on the same wild, crazy ride. Life can be a whole lot like a roller coaster. There are going to be ups. There are going to be downs. There are going to be twists and turns. There are going to be times when you just want to throw your arms up in delight. <laughs> And there are going to be times when you just want to throw up. Okay? There are going to be times that you just want to get off the ride because you're sick of it and you've had enough. There are going to be hard times. There are going to be times when, when you just, just are done. Okay? And we all are on the ride. We don't get to choose the ride. The ride just happens. And the ride is wild, and the ride is crazy, and the ride is, is full of, of things that we never expected, and the ride is full of, of beauty, and the ride is full of ugly. And the ride is full of wonder, and the ride is full of, of things that, that are just really confusing. And the ride is, is full of healing and hurt. We're all on the same ride, but we get to decide how we react to the ride. We don't get to choose the ride, but we get to, to decide how we're going to react. You can be row number one, or you can be row number three. <laughs> okay? It's up to you. You get to decide. We get to choose happy or not. Okay? Life happens, and sometimes life is really hard. And sometimes we find ourselves in hard places. And sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of, of what seems like a prison. But we get to decide if we're on row number one or row number three. We get to decide, are we going to approach life with wonder or fear? We get to decide, we're in a hardship. Is it going to be our habitation? We get to decide, are we going to trust God? Are we going to see things from his perspective? Are we going to realize that he gave us this, the, the joy so nobody else can take it away. The situations that we find ourselves in, they, they can't take our joy. The hardships that we face, they can't take our joy because they didn't give them to us. It's not based on any of that. We get to decide how we're going to react to the ride. Okay? I'm going to have, if, if you're in the prayer team, would you come on down? And I'm going to ask you guys up there, show, show that picture one more time. Okay? Just take it in in all its glory. Um, here's what I want you to realize. Nobody is on that ride by themselves. Okay, Everybody's next to somebody else. And we've got some incredible people who are coming up front. Who, and I know there are people in this room that you're in a really tough place. And you find yourself in a real tough season of life. And it seems like, man, I, there's no way out. I can't get happy. I, I can't even comprehend that right now and, and these are people that would really like to, to be in the seat next to you right now 
who can, can tell you we're going to find happy together. We've got some awesome people up here. If you're going through something right now, they would love to pray with you. And they would just, just love to help you find that place of happy. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you are amazing. We love you so much. Our God, you are nothing short of everything. And, and uh, we just praise you today. Thank you for joy. Thank you that you are our happiness. Thank you that you are the joy of the Lord is our strength. And Father, I just pray for the people in this room that, that they would just um, realize how loved they are by you. That no matter what they're going through right now, no matter what they're facing, they would realize you're bigger than all of that. And they would see things through your eyes and they would put their trust in you and realize that you bring in beauty from the ashes and you're going to cause something incredible and something beautiful and something wonderful to sprout out of the hard times. And I just thank you for that. I pray that you would be with them. Holy Spirit, just, just walk them through this hard time. And I pray that we would all choose first row. That we would decide that we're on this ride and we don't have any control over that. But we do have control over how we react. And we would choose just to embrace the wonder and the beauty and, and the confusion and the ugly. And, and we'd embrace it all. And uh, we would find our happy. In Jesus, incredible name we pray. And everybody said, giddy up. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.